Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Touch the City podcast. I am Fax Mercury and this is one of my favorite things to do on planet Earth. And of course, I'm joined here by the illustrious mechanic slash tech man slash photographer slash videographer. Whatever he wants to do, he's going to do it with 100% excellence because that's all <laughs> we do on this podcast and everybody associated with it. Oh, man, nah, chill, man. I'm just a human being, son. You already know Twim the Human. You know, that's my name now. You already know just the regular being. I'm I'm just here, man, trying to just spit facts. You feel me? Just, you know, give you all my insight on, you know, what's going on in the world right now. You know, whether it's music, tech, you know, blase, blah, you know, we're here to just shoot the shit. You feel me? So we are gathered here on September 21st for episode 28 we're 28 episodes in. If this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. I know you have your choice in podcasts, but and you, but you somehow decided to listen to us. So that's <laughs> a personal thank you for me and Tenny saying thank you. And if you have been listening to us and you're tuning in again reoccurringly, then thank you as well. I mean, anybody listening, doesn't matter new or old, even if you tune in for five minutes, you just gave us the click and you want to see what was up. We appreciate you. So we're going to get into it with our infamous. How did you do, or what did you do this week? Topic. Oh, uh, I mean, week, bro. shit, man. I've, I've just been chilling, man. Overall, I mean, other than the regular, regular bullshit at work. Excuse me. Um, you know, my ass has just been fucking. You know, just being very active at home, and you know, that's actually been really, really cool. I've been very uh, uh up about like just like more organization. Um, you know, yeah. for many reasons. Uh, you know, just so I've done a lot of cleaning up, just like all my car stuff, you know, organizing all the different freaking microfibers because I have a billion microfiber towels for specific things on my car, specific things in the house, certain applications, um, you know, been doing a lot of that, organizing um, and actually consolidating my camera lineup. So I've been working really hard to like work down my like lens lineup for whatever reason. When I first bought my cameras, like I used to just pick up. Like, I feel like whatever was the new lens and, like, whatever was hot and, you know, whatever was really ringing off. And, you know, they ended up being good lenses, so I don't mind um, really having them. But, I, you know, honestly, between COVID and just overall um, finding myself in many use case scenarios, like, I wasn't able to use them at least to their max, like, I guess, value. So def- I actually got rid of one of them today. Um, you know, it was a hard time. It was definitely one of my favorite lenses, but I'm planning on getting... Um, just, I think, working down my kit to just three different lenses, two zooms, one prime, because, you know, that's really just what I'd be on. I don't need too many things to get busy anymore. So that's been pretty fun. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I've, I've just been doing that, you know what I'm saying? And uh, just watching a lot more, uh, you know, NBA basketball, shit like that, you know, just macking out, relaxing. I, I haven't even been active. I didn't do anything this weekend. I've just been really in the house. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know about you, bro. How, I mean... Uh, before I jump into it, just want to say people talk about spring cleaning, but also there's fall cleaning or just that organizational thing, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like that. A change. It's more I look at it more of a change of seasons in which you decide to say, all right, things are changing. Let me adapt or let me let me try to go into this fresh. Um, but me for this week was uh, actually focused on my computer, actually upgraded it uh, minus the graphics card, um, did I9 32 gigs. Got myself a better motherboard. Um, 
Mm-hmm. That's what's cool, up, man. So, yeah, you know, running much smoother, checking temps, making sure everything's good. Um, I'm just surprised. <laughs> I really don't do much hands-on work with computers anymore, and I thought I would lose it. And I mm-hmm. just was glad to know, like, I just didn't lose it. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I did, nah, that's I did not lose up. the knowledge to just put it together. So, um, but yeah, other than that, just uh, casually making music and, uh, yeah, just really trying to stay afloat for the most part. Um, definitely the change of series, uh, change of seasons, or at least the change in temperature getting a little colder was a bit jarring. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm not ready for it to get this cold this fast. The yeah. Just came out New York of, City weather is incredible. Uh, yeah. Cool. So thankfully, I, I, it looks like it is going back to the 70s because, you know, that, I was ready to be like, oh, no, nah, that was going to just mark the time moving way too fast for me if it just jumped straight into being cold. Fast. So, shit, I mean, I'm here in sweats and a long sleeve already. Yeah, shit, y'all see me, I'm rocking a hoodie. Like, and right. I, got the, I actually got the window open a little bit just, you know, get some ventilation in the room. But, like, it is crazy how fast, like, the New York City weather changes. Like, we're talking not even two weeks ago, it was that ass, like, 80 degrees outside. But like this like week, it. it was legit like 50 degrees at night, every single yeah. night. I was like, holy cow. Like man. We went and did a little bit of shooting on Saturday and it was just still, I was like, man, I'm in pants again. Like I was just was wearing sweatshorts. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to wear it because it's, it's just not, a, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, That's wow, like, I, can't really, I can't believe right? it's already, look how fast. So, <laughs> um, but yes, you mentioned NBA. So I think we should just jump right into that. These playoffs, we said it last week, but this week mm-hmm. we got to just see the complete collapse of the Los <laughs> Angeles Clippers. Shit, it's crazy, and bro. It's I, absolutely I just, crazy. At you're, this point, you're a Clippers fan, so I, I just that's just crazy. I, what the hell? How do you feel in terms? I mean, of, like, did you look at this and be like, this made sense, or did you, you know? Because when I look at it, I look at it as like a complete team failure. Like there's yeah. some outer liars, but I look at it as a failure across the board. Like exactly. a lot of people didn't do their jobs. Nah, yeah, you pretty much like hit the nail on the head. Like, and I, I mean, I want to clear it up. I'm not a Clippers fan. I root for the Clippers because Kawhi okay. is on the team. You know what I'm saying? Right, I'm, right. I'm, on, I'm definitely, man. I'm definitely one of those like LeBron type stands when it comes to Kawhi. Like, I support his teams. I enjoy the league better when you're just enjoying players, regardless of teams. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You see, like, bro, I honestly enjoy every team. Like now, I'm not gonna front. I'm rooting for the Lakers. I actually, I'm rooting for the Nuggets to come back too. I actually want to see the Nuggets I, seriously put up a fucking fight. We're rooting for good basketball. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I love good sports. Basketball, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I guess, but if, you know, objectively uh, addressing the, the, like, situation overall, it's just, I don't know, man. Just like you said, it was a complete collapse from across the board. I mean, it just seemed, at one point, um, the offense that they're so known for, like, they're supposed to move the ball, be able to score. Anybody could put the ball in the hole. They began to just, like, anytime it gets tough, what I've noticed with the Clippers is that they just run mad ISO. They stare at Paul George and Kawhi or Lou Williams and wait for one of those three guys to make a play. And, like, if those three guys are just ice cold in the ISO, you can't keep going them in ISO and think that they're just going to catch fire, even if they're great scorers. And that's just the problem against a team like Denver Nuggets that are going to then, okay, not only can we play solid defense, we're going to play decent enough defense on you, but then we're going to like punish you like offensively like with a warriors like offense or like a spurs like offense we're going to move the ball we're going to find the best like way to attack you we're going to make you work on defense to the point like they really had them running cutting yo they had to like the type of stops that they had to get to even try and get a stop was incredible you know how many last second shot clock type of shots like that's what denver is known for they really are just incredible ball movement team like they're a very good ball movement they're young and disciplined which is incredible oh my god 
Like they play with like that feelings of veterans that know their system, but they're mm-hmm. all young guys that have just been there their whole career so far. Like, you know, the four or five years. And mm-hmm. Mike Malone's a good coach. He really is. I mean, he was good in, in Sacramento. And mm-hmm. that was Boogie's favorite coach, but they got rid of him. I mean, they were close to trying to make the playoffs. It probably could have eventually, you know, maybe started structuring stuff, but they just let him go. And look, I mean, he's thriving in Denver now. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it also helps to have who I believe to be the best passing big the NBA has ever seen. Yeah, and Joker. Uh, and Joker. So, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, that's what I'm saying, you know, like, and you really look at it, like, does it really say more about the Clippers or does it say about the Nuggets? Like, I mean, I said, I think it said a lot about the Clippers, like the Clippers. Um, this structure, I think it said a lot about Doc Rivers. Like, definitely a lot about Doc Rivers. He's a little bit overrated. I feel like he's been overrated. You know, there was a time where, you know, they were saying who's the best coaches in the NBA, and it was like some people were saying it's Doc Rivers over Pop, or it's like Pop and Doc Rivers. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, there was a like era where Doc Rivers, to me, just was rated too high, and still to this day, he's rated too high. Look how many 3-1 leads he blew. You know, obviously he did the one I think with Tracy McGady in um Orlando, and then he did, Tracy, um, yeah. and then he and then he did the one with the Clippers with Blake Griffin and CP3, and now he got another Clippers one on his resume. I think he gotta go personally if it's me, but I mean, you know, I don't know. Steve Ballmer will probably keep him, and they probably just try and run it back and retool. You know, I don't know what they can really do, but they're gonna try and run it back and just build upon, you know, what they did. And I think don't get me wrong, I still think that's a title team. Like that team is a, a title contending yeah. team. If Paul George is averaging 20 to 25 points a game like he's supposed to, he's not supposed to be this scorer that all of a sudden cannot put the ball in the hole. And, you know, like I know him to be a streaky scorer and in the Indiana, he was like that, but it was just very odd. I mean, Lou William ice cold, Kawhi ice cold. Like we're talking about like Houston choking away their lead against the Warriors, like historic shooting night off all of a sudden. And it, it just sucked that Denver just steamrolled them. Denver yeah. took know. advantage. That's what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. If they're yeah. down and they're not shooting, you can't give them a chance. And I mean, nice. it was also look like divine intervention because Jamal Murray was just throwing yeah, up. Yeah, like, like oh this, my god, this dude, this dude is having one of the best postseasons ever right now. Pretty much, like the dude was averaging 50 against the Jazz. They flummoxed that defense. Like, they just yeah. had no idea how to guard either of them. Yeah, like, their two-man attack was just, to me, was very re- reminiscent, surprisingly, of, like, a LeBron and, like, Kyrie, like, where they're just two-man dominating the game. They're dominating you, picking rolling you. Like, it just it's just two people that are so highly capable of making a play on the offensive end that you just cannot stop them. And, um, like, yo, the, the Clippers got sent home, man. Hats off to the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are still a threat to the Lakers. The Lakers, yeah. um, you know, I think their chances versus the Lakers are pretty slim. You know, kind of transition over into that question. Like, their chances versus the Lakers overall is going to be pretty slim. But, uh, you, you know, this team, you can't count out. You can't count out yeah. until you put them away for four games. And, I mean, you know, how do you think the Lakers are looking right now? I mean, they went up two games. Anthony Davis, the big game winner. Yeah. That it shit is pretty good. It, that was definitely, you know... That was a shit. They, that was they a hell of a shot. The, yeah, they the, the hell of a shot. They won by the skin of their teeth. Mason Plumley choked. It, he choked. I look at it as holy fuck. Nikola Jokic just willed his team at the end of that fourth quarter. Eleven quarters. Yeah, that man was just like, no, I, I don't want to lose. I'm gonna figure this out. And I looked at. <laughs> I was watching that. Like, I can't believe this guy can do this. I'm like, he looks so slow out there. Like, nothing he's doing other than his passing looks, and I just mean looks remarkable. You're just like, yo, he is just so nice. You know who he looks just like, honestly? He looks like MVP Dirk from the Dallas run, yo. He looks, ju- looks, he looks so crazy. if not just he's as so good as him, he looks up. better than him. Honestly. He's, 
He, I don't even know how to classify him because the only passing big I could think of is Arvis Sabonis. But like, he was nice. But Jokic is so much nicer. Like, I just yeah. never seen somebody just command an offense at the center position and just look over people and be like, no, I see you. And yeah. that just opens up the floor for them. The rest of the team plays so encouraged when he's passing the ball. Facts. Yeah. Like, and they just the trust him. They trust him yeah, so much when he thing. has the rock. When you got somebody or people on your team that know that they're going to pass the ball to if you get open, that's so encouraging. And that's exactly why I feel like, you know, in because it's not just the Clippers, but anytime you see ISO offenses, uh, you know, offenses that resort to ISO, guys staying around because they know that shit ain't coming to me anyways. Facts, yeah. <laughs> you know, they I'm know wait for if they hit me for the three, but it, it ain't really coming to me. But yeah. you're going to move around if you know I might see the ball. So, but yeah, between that... um. I mean, shit, Lakers, yeah, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Yeah, shit, LeBron. he's been on a tear, man. Like, Anthony Davis, he had 37 in game one, 31 in game two. They're not going to have an answer for him. If he averages 30 this series, they're going to sweep him. Honest, They're going to sweep the um, Nuggets if he keeps averaging 30. Seen those minutes per game numbers from them? I didn't realize. Yeah. You know, so I, I didn't realize that throughout this entire season, the Lakers are literally 55-0 and 0 when they have a lead. Yeah, nah, they're like... I was like <laughs> what? I couldn't believe that. Nah, the Lakers look mad dangerous right now. I'm not going to lie. I don't even think the Clippers would have been able to beat them, to be honest. The way they were looking, like, it's just like, you you can't be streaky against that type of team. And, you know, I know the Clippers were playing valuable minutes. Yeah, Rondo's playing like a play. He's playing like a champion. That's what's yeah. happening. Like, people, you know, it's like, people. Me for, right? <laughs> I don't know why people are so shocked that uh, an NBA veteran takes the playoffs more serious than a regular season. Like, an NBA veteran that has won a title takes the playoffs more um, in serious than a regular season. It shouldn't be a shock that Rondo is a point guard in the playoff season. Like, he's going to play like his life depends on it. Look at uh, Paul Millsap for the Denver um, Nuggets. He's going the fuck off or every other game, hitting timely shots, making timely defensive plays as an NBA vet because he knows what's at stake. He's making a play for the playoffs. I mean, for the, t- uh, the chip. So, you know, I, I think, like, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a series. I think... Uh, Game three is up for grabs. I don't know who, like, you know, I think if Denver can get game three and then go back down game like three, one again, they got all the momentum again, man. They just got all the momentum to just make a historic, like they feel good in that position. They feel good in that position. They don't mind being down. So this series is just not over until they put them out. Like, you know, I, I still got Lakers, I think, in five, though. Lakers in five. I still got Lakers purely off the strength of, like, they have the two best players on the floor. Yeah. Like, and LeBron hasn't players. even gotten it going yet. Wait till LeBron gets it going. Yo, the LeBron has literally only been playing 33 minutes and his career average for points for uh minutes in the playoffs is 41. He's playing seven less minutes. This man is he's chilling. Yeah, he's chilling right now. He 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 only put up 26 <laughs> points last game, bro. Wait until LeBron has like his 30 to 40 point game against this team. Is a game that they need him to play all the minutes. He's going to play all the minutes. And exactly. Then- yeah, no, nah, it's just like and he'll be fresh. He'll be like, wait, oh yeah, okay. And wait till they like throw him only on Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray starts going off, and then Jamal Murray fucking goes zero for thirteen, like in the fourth quarter, or something crazy like that. <laughs> Ron's gonna block him to come up the court, and do that stupid ass jab step move he has. Yeah, <laughs> the stupid job, the. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love that seven. But shit, in the East, that game one, I mean, you know, game one and two was good, but that block in game one to save it, that was mm. incredible. Yeah, no, nah, Miami versus the Celtics, man. I, I don't even know, like, who's going to win that series because I feel like the Celtics, you know, they really can catch fire at any time. Like, I think they can come back and 
still steamroll the Miami. Miami's playing really good defense right now, and I think they do have the best player in the series in Jimmy Butler. Like, but at the same time, I don't know, man. It's just like that's really a toss up series because what is it two one right now? Or is it one one? I think it's one one actually. It's one one. Yeah. yeah, I believe if they're playing today, then yeah, I think they play tonight for that third game. Yeah, no, that's gonna be. Oh well, wait, no, I'm actually no. It's two. It's two one. Yeah, it's two one. Yeah, it's two one right now. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, Miami's up two one. I don't know if Miami goes up three one, it's over though. Like I don't think the Celtics are coming back from a down three one deficit. You know, we've we've had a little bit too many of those in the last couple of years. I feel like this shit is just out of control now. Yeah, honestly, I I don't know. Yeah, and we've seen it so much. I think people are starting to get spoiled. But it's like not every team is really capable of that three one comeback shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen that that often. No, um, that's a fact. I, yeah, the fucking legitimately, I think the most exciting playoffs I've seen in probably like the last ten years or something. Like yeah. every game, like every series I've seen, for the most part, minus like a few of the first round series, are all like, damn, like these are again. I just look at it as a testament to the talent pool in the NBA that every team, or at least in contention, has somebody worth watching. Mm-hmm. So, we played the Rockets. We took it to seven games. Lou Dort, people didn't know who the hell that was. He's showing up. Next series, you know, you get something crazy. You know, minus mm-hmm. like a few series for the most part. Like these have all been really exciting series outside of, you know, like the occasional sweep. And then, you know, I didn't really find the Lakers in Houston series. Series that. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I, I could agree to some degree. I mean, like, I feel like there's definitely, I mean, I don't know. These last couple of years, like, the super team era got boring, but like the start of it was fucking crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like when you, I saw like the three one comeback with the Cavs and LeBron doing it, that was different. Yeah, that that was, that was history. No, no, no. And I'm not discrediting. Yeah. Oh, that's no, I know. I meant to say playoffs entirely, meaning like, yo, we're not even at the finals yet. And oh yeah. Games are just so intense from the first round. Like there's there's been so little bad games. Like the quality of all of this basketball. Cause that one was good, but like you knew Braun was steamrolling through the East, which he did. Mm-hmm. He, he did, but I mean he hit a lot of game winners in that one too, though. Like it was just like oh, there yeah, was some epic moments. Like I, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe I'm a basketball. I like I'm truly a basketball holic. So I literally like I think over the last 10 years, I've watched so much basketball, it's actually disgusting some days. Like I don't, I don't even I'm just thinking of like it's the fact that all right that one was incredible because we saw a lot of game winners bro like we're just seeing also not on top of that we're just seeing historic things from people who like Jamal Moore coming out of nowhere yeah so like, what kind of numbers are you putting up him versus Donovan Mitchell we're like yo this is the first yeah. round they're duking out like they played against each other four or five times like it's the Bulls and Jazz or something yeah so, no, nah, like you're, you're, you're definitely right. You're definitely right in that regard. Like, there's a I lot of, like, crazy series. Nah, for sure. Like, I, I think I agree to, like, honestly, I agree for the most part. Like, this is definitely, especially given the circumstance of COVID, the fact that they had to come back. And then some of these people are coming back and just putting on historic performances. It's like, oh, shit. And I mean, shit, you got Alex Caruso going, sometimes going crazy in games, like random players <laughs> like that. Like, it's just like, you know, you, you really got to respect the time. And I mean, you know, like, shit, that's another thing. I mean, you seen the LeBron host. I mean, shit, what, how do you feel about this whole MVP situation? I actually want to uh, make sure they get that in there. Uh, yeah. Giannis I mean, was named MVP. Like, yeah. do you think it's time to re- revamp the MVP? Because I think Giannis deserved MVP. I guess, like, let me just get that, my shit over real quick. Giannis deserved the MVP. Because obviously, given the best, the best regular season and you had the best stats. 
Facts. Like mm-hmm. by PER, by advanced metrics, by like no, like everything across the board say yo, Giannis was the better player this season. Now, like I feel like that. Does that really speak more to some like, oh, offensive player of the year award, a statistic player of the year award where like you had the craziest statistical season? But realistically, I mean, you look at LeBron and what he did and like the stats that he put up and then like you actually watch the games. You're like, yo, LeBron is the better player. There's not even a question. Like it's always been to me a matter of like uh, the context which mm. is why it uh, the criteria varies from year to year. It's always the context. And sometimes that context tends to be like hypocritical at times. Sometimes the context, you know, varies. Like the context for the MVP for the most part is always going to be somebody new. You know, mm-hmm. because if, you know, LeBron has four MVPs, but he could have won more. But, you know, they Derrick Rose had an amazing season, but Braun also had a really good season. It could have been mm-hmm. argued that Braun could have got that over Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash got an MVP. People say that could have been Kobe's MVP. Mm-hmm. So that's the time where sometimes the narrative necessarily looks at saying, all right, that guy's been doing it for some time. But look at this new cat doing it out of nowhere. Boom. Or sometimes it'll be, you know, because the, the year Russ won it. People were mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, contextually, sure, you know, triple double. But people said, well, you weren't your team wasn't the best. You only mm-hmm. brought them to fit C. Why the hell are you getting MVP? So you can argue in some ways like the context, you know, context changes it year to year. And it's just depending on, I guess, what those people vote for the context. But mm-hmm. clearly, unfortunately, that context changes the definition of most valuable player. It's, it doesn't always mean the best player in the entire league, I don't know what the award's supposed to be. That's why it's just, you know, most valuable player. Same thing in football. Usually they usually give it to like a quarterback or something for throwing a bunch of fucking yards. And it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I know enough about football. I think they have more than one award though. Yeah. 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 I, like they, they address it. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like the NBA needs to like get in that track. It's been 30 years. Like they, they yeah. haven't touched an award since 30 years. I just wonder if if it are you gonna do an offense player of the year? Like, is there just gonna be something for you know the guys in the higher seed getting something over it? Because like sometimes you know if I look at that, you know if you look at MVP, but then also look at like all right if you got um all NBA first team, like sometimes mm-hmm. I look at that like all right that's I find that better than you know sometimes not getting an MVP, but just in a way that shows like all right you are a better player at times. Because like, yeah. like I said, it's just contextual. Like, because there's some seasons you're sitting there, like you know, you people are duking it out for MVP, and you don't know who's gonna win it. You uh-huh. know, there's those few years it was Steph for Harden, Steph for Harden, and either uh-huh. way, you could have been swayed that this person could have won it over them. Uh-huh. So it's yeah, like, it's really context sometimes, and uh-huh. I hate it though because I, I guess, like I would like something more subjective, but then again, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people would complain if let's were you know if we were to say LeBron were gonna was gonna win it every year because of that you know because mm-hmm. he, I mean but I, like I actually feel like I don't know like there's something about like to me just splitting it up that actually would just clean up the context because like like to me not just because you clean it up I don't think LeBron would win MVP every year actually I think he would lose it some years like there no, would be yeah. years where like all right like Giannis could put up those numbers. But if Giannis is putting up those numbers and he's shooting the three at 40% clip and he's shooting from the line at 90%, 85%, 88% clip, mm-hmm. you know, he's assisting the ball at an 8% per eight per game, six, seven per game. You know what I'm saying? People are going to be like, oh, no, that's the best player in the game world. You know what I'm saying? Or 
you know, you could even look at like a Steph or even a Durant. If Durant was on the court right now, like you could make the case, yo, he is the MVP. He's the best player in the world. Um, look at what he's doing for his team. Like, I feel like, you know, and then you still have the stats. So like, regardless of the fact, like maybe you got Westbrook. He is averaging a triple-double. He's putting up a PER that don't make sense. He's doing numbers since Will. He's doing the best numbers since Will, but maybe his team's not winning. But no, he still has a chance to win Offensive Player of the Year. You know what I'm saying, or Statistical Player of the Year award. Would you say that um, uh, your other award would be Offensive Player of the Year? So that would be like the totality of stats that say you are by far the the best player in terms of raw stats. Would be the only judge for that Offensive Player of the Year. Would you Would you consider any sort of record at all? I'm just wondering. Um, nah, I don't think I would consider a record on that because to like the record to me. Like, to me, the record taint, like, because sometimes the record isn't your, your sh- like, control. Like, you get drafted to as a rookie, and yeah. you are locked into a rookie deal for how many years it is? I think it's, like, four years, right? Yeah. And then you get the chance to do the extension, but they give you so much money that they make it, like, it's a fool. Hard. Like, you, 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 you're a fool to usually turn away the rookie deal. You have to be a transcendent player to do stuff like that. One of the yeah. ones that's going to be able to change the game. So it's, like, really one of those situations where it's, like, all right, you know, for eight years of your career, nine years of your career, you might be locked into a losing situation like Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker is just locked into a losing situation, and there's not really much he can do about it. But it's just kind of like, you know, he should be winning some type of statistics for something he's doing. I'm not saying he should be getting Evan B. I'm not saying anything like that. But, you know, if he's putting up, like, hardened like numbers, or if he goes crazy and starts doing triple-double like numbers, like, he should be, like, capable of winning. Like, look at Bradley Bill, bro. He got left off of the start, the teams, period, because of his record. That's what that context is. Exactly, yeah. It's like a, that's a tainting, like, figure. Like, to me, context, like, if if it's going to apply, then it needs to be a rule. Like, okay, your record applies to how we grade, you know, where you sit in the NBA. And I mean, you know, obviously amongst the the media, amongst the conversation, we already are going to apply those things, but. Like, if it's not just written down into the rules, then it shouldn't disqualify anybody because, I mean, there is money behind getting all teams and certain extensions and things like they, Like, people be forgetting, like, it is a business and their job to, like, get on these teams. Like, they get bonuses. No, like, I mean, they're millionaires. Like, I don't want to fucking feel bad for their dumbass pockets. Like, it, you, you can ride the pine and get, like, a million dollars in the NBA right now. So, you know, I don't want to feel bad for them. But at the same time, like, I do understand, like, if it's something that I was really great at and I'm trying to, like get awards and succeed at it and do you know like you should get a well, chance so trying to be, yeah he's trying to be yeah the, like you know because I feel like the people were a little hard on LeBron for being mad that he didn't get MVP votes and they were saying well he didn't have the better season well I'm like no well he's the best he he was the best well, player also, in the league this year you're, you're talking to guys that are so competitive all yeah. of the guys that believe yeah. that they were the MVP gonna feel rubbed and people are talking <laughs> about well Kobe ever. i'm like bro we're talking about are we talking about the same kobe that was literally like seconds away from being like yo trade me i'm i'm fucking done get me out yeah. of here right now i'm gonna win a chip like I'm, like i'm no, telling like, you bro that's just what they do you know like it's nothing wrong they just competitive They're like nah I, I was walling well how you not gonna give me that shit i was walling i'm me you know so i yeah. don't listen that that i don't care but i would just uh just my final point before we move on um <laughs> Would you have a caveat so that the same player doesn't win both awards? Because what happens if, let's say, a Giannis is, you know, has the best statistical year of any player and also is the best player on the best team in the league? Would you allow for them to win the same award? Because then I'm just, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, I actually, I like that question. I like that question a lot. I feel like I would personally say that there's nothing wrong with winning both. It's kind of like the player that can win MVP and win defensive player. Yeah, I mean, that's what Giannis just did, right? So, like, you know, you you can do that. Like, you can do that, and that should speak to your greatness. Imagine being the defensive player of the year, the MVP, and the offensive player of the year that does everything. Like, you're literally the best, com- most complete player in the game. You are the most complete player. Like, Jordan would have had a couple of those, and Jordan should have been able to have a couple of those. Like, how do we have Michael Jordan without, like, eight MVPs? It, like, it, it actually does not make sense when you think about it. Like, he was literally the best player on the planet, putting up some of the best numbers we've ever seen. Like every single year and people, they was just giving it to other people for no reason. So it's just kind of like, you know, and I mean, you know, just like you said, like I, I guess to close up on it, it's just like I do put a lot of value on the other awards. So I like first team, second teams, third teams, um, you know, defensive awards, defensive teams and specifically the finals MVP. I think the players overall is kind of like, you know, when we talk about the Grammys and the Emmys and all this bullshit and, you know, like black people not getting their fair vote and their fair share of like you know recognition for their awards put more emphasis on your black BET awards put more emphasis on black awards create your own award that you guys recognize and celebrate and add value to don't necessarily um feel that okay I need the MVP you might be right because they might never come up with the offensive player of the year appreciate the finals MVP be one of the players that gets yourself to the promised land like LeBron James and contend for a title and win another finals MVP. Because to me, that shit is more important, at least on his resume at this point. I agree. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Uh, let's facts. jump into some quick little tidbits here. Uh, today, for all my gaming people, uh, Microsoft decided to acquire Xenomax, the parent company of Bethesda, for $7.5 billion. For context? <laughs> That is ha- that is twice the amount that Disney paid to buy Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Just for reference, $7.5 billion for a crazy. company is crazy in general. Just outside of games, that is an absurd amount to pay. So Xenomax owns Bethesda ID. So basically, they now have Doom, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, uh, Prey, so all of this stuff is going to be under the Microsoft umbrella. They already said that um, their future games coming out will be made exclusive, not exclusive, but will be on Game Pass mm-hmm. in the those games come out. Wow. So, no, this this is like, I just think it, shit is crazy, bro. It's It's just crazy. You know, like, I just think at this point, I mean, with this generation of just consoles and, you know, the acquisitions, the, the I mean, you know, I guess like that conversation, do you think exclusives hurt? or benefit the business, like overall, whether it's entertainment as gaming or, you know, anything, the idea of exclusivity, because I feel like we see this wave across all brands, across every industry. I don't mind uh, less necessarily like company. Well, all right, let me not say that. I don't like companies absorbing other companies for the most part, because usually, you know, at least Monopoly, so on and so forth. Um, But it looks like at the very least, I don't I don't really know the inner workings, but as far as like some companies that Microsoft have purchased and others that Sony have purchased, Mm -hmm. um, it seems that like, you know, they're just letting them do their thing. Mm -hmm. It's like very minimal intervention. I don't like when it's exclusive content, you know, or games exclusivity to one thing, because I just look at it like you're you're having your profits 
or I don't know, but I, I'm not a business person. So I don't know if, you know, if they're having their profits by not making it accessible on PC or Xbox, or they're making more money because they're basically saying, if you want to play this game, you have to get our system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's purely like a Sony thing. Cause for the most part, Microsoft's like, listen, it's, it's going to be out there. Like we don't really do the exclusive shit as much, but also like I, prov- I like it cause I'm on PC. So I could play the Xbox and PCs. So you could do crossplay, could do mm-hmm. all that shit. So sometimes I get bothered by how enclosed Sony is because mm-hmm. we could be talking about the great gaming utopia we've always been looking for. Just crossplay for everything, you know, mm-hmm. like just just, make it, just be like, all right, you buy it on here. That's just your console and certain things you like. But at this point now, like just just combine it all together. And I think we're we should be getting there because consoles are now going to be running you know 4k or 1440 60 frames 120 so there's not mm-hmm. too much of a gap where people be like oh pc it's it's so crazy or you know they have a graphic uh, uh superiority or advantage over players so it all seems to be that it's getting equalized out so i feel like now we could start moving towards that um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i'm excited to see what comes of this because it look I, I don't think from my understanding i don't think microsoft's gonna really try to intervene this like whatever y'all doing just do it mm-hmm. just it's gonna come game pass and you know x y and z so mm-hmm. i like it when it's that but when you start you know improving and encroaching on you know developers trying to do their shit that's when i i hate it yeah and i mean i and I'm, a, I'm glad actually i let you say that and kind of let you um get your shit off first because that's my exact problem with the whole fanboys, the console wars, uh, you know, like I see grown men on the timeline arguing <laughs> Sony versus like Xbox and memeing and things. And I, yo, look, I'm all for fun, but I like, I'm, I'm all for fun about dumb things. Like to me, that's one of the dumbest things to be fun about. It's very similar to the Apple uh, versus Android conversation. It's very similar to just, you know, like the whole idea of exclusives is just dumb. Like we've seen it fail time and time again. We've seen what it does to industries. Like, I mean, look at the mobile industry for a while when the iPhone was exclusive to AT&T. And, you know, um, like, yeah, like, remember, remember all days? Well, remember, remember the first Galaxy S? Mm-hmm. And it was like four different versions because each was a different version for each carrier. There was the regular Galaxy S. There was like some Galaxy S for Sprint where it had like a, a, a flip up screen. Spr- with flip up screen with a special version. Like, yeah. it's. It's just like that. none of that stuff ever made sense. And we've seen where that stuff leads us. And we see where it leads industries. So like when we look at um, even the gaming industry, gaming industry dating back to the 90s with all the different consoles that we had at different times. And don't get me wrong, obviously, you know, the PlayStation and the Xbox came and you would just think, okay, they were the behemoth that kind of swallowed everything. They were the behemoth that swallowed everything because developers started supporting those two brands directly. Versus like, you know, you had the GameCubes, you even had the Nintendo. Nintendo very, very rarely gets support now. But with the Switch, you know, and the capable technology of the Switch, it's starting to get more cross-play titles. A lot of these general Fortnites, the uh, uh, spell breaks of the world, the games like that, they're getting access to all these titles. And, and you know, that's a good thing. But you look at like the Dreamcasts, the Sega Genesis, all these like systems that just weren't able to survive. It's because of the fact that you have exclusivity. And I mean, that's my number one problem with the fanboys and like just like toxic Xbox versus Sony. And I think it's really just PS. It's, it's a Sony hive. It's not an Xbox thing, just like you said. And that's why I was glad you said that, because it's not an Xbox thing. Xbox has always been kind of like everybody could get it. Everybody can get it. Like, that's really what it yeah, was. Yeah. Other than other than um fucking like Halo. obviously Halo and Gears. Those are the only two games for real that we can say. All right. 
there was a little exclusivity about. But other other than that, they're very everybody and it's crazy because I see the same dudes that be having the jokes being like, "Oh, Xbox got no exclusives. We over here playing Spider Man X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And when this happened, they're like, "Oh, I don't like when this happens." And it's like, "Well, you were yeah. fine with." Those exclusives, but now it, you get locked out of, or you might think you get locked out of games, and now it's a problem. Now it's a like, problem. Not, like, yeah. it, and you should have seen the like some of the dumb arguments. Oh, like at least Sony was like working and doing it organically. Now Microsoft is trying to uh, trying to compete, and all they're gonna do is is drive down the industry because they're forcing and not allowing people to play the games that they want. Like they're like stealing games for people. Like. Are y'all serious? Do y'all listen to yourselves? Like, are y'all like, and these are the same people that I swear will say that Apple people that like Apple iPhones and the Apple ecosystem are sheep for buying into that system and that Android has more freedom. They're the same ones that swear, okay, Sony is the only gaming console that I can use. You are stupid if you buy an Xbox. Like, it's it's some of the dumbest, just some like non-critical thinking that I've ever seen, at least, you know, amongst this new generation. And I mean... You know, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, like the acquisition, I thought was a good thing. I mean, if it is going to uh, create competition, I would love to see it because to me, it needs to create competition because Sony is trying to become a monopoly, at least on the console end. Like, I think Xbox appeals to a different market. They're uh, like more appealed to taking over your living room. Like that's supposed to be one of those things that not yeah. only can be your video game system, but it really is an entertainment system. So the PlayStation isn't marketed that way. Like it's not an entertainment system. So. You know, I I mean, personally, I think it's good. You know, if it's pissing Sony off, I mean, and maybe we'll have Sony come up off the whole exclusivity wave, then absolutely. But if it's going to create a fucking bidding war, then I mean, it's so be it. We're, we're here already. I mean, I'm team PC all the way, so I don't even yeah. give a damn. And not to diverge too far from the point, but Microsoft's mm-hmm. really trying to push the Game Pass thing. And, and I, love I, game, I love and, it. I love it. And listen, and listen. And I like, you know, I you probably know what I'm about to say, but not everybody has the fiscal means to be dropping what's now going to be $70 on games. So yeah. imagine, you know, a little $15 or $20 a month. A month. Like you can play on your games. console, you can play you it on your be, old games, you can play it on you your can PC, play it on bro. You can. You, about oh my god, so, there's so many you know, different like, ways to like. It's such a great deal. I don't even understand the anger of it. Like, what's oh, the hate? You can have, and you know, I, I sometimes I understand people's concerns about like you know just in general about media moving away from you know like that ownership kind of thing. You know, you have streaming where you're listening to the music, but if at any point in time you either you lost that login or you don't pay that money, you don't have access to it. But of course, you know, as always, there's the convenience side. But and you know, sometimes there's trade-offs where if you're that guy or that that person that has the ability to store things physically cool by all means go and do you but some people don't have that those mm-hmm. kind of fun and for three hundred dollars for a series s and game pass that's the price of a switch and for a few you know twenty dollars a month access to however many games is going to come to game pass that's a great budget mm-hmm. for you know a, mo- a, a mother or father or parents looking to get their kids something boom that you they're going to be satisfied with for a long time it's small portable boom so I look at it like that. Like, you know, we're some people are talking just from their standpoints. I'm trying to consider all alternatives when it mm-hmm. comes to this. And just, you know, your situation does is not someone else's situation. So you can't just willingly dismiss it because like, oh, that's stupid. I want to own all my games. Then go buy them. Go Nobody's buy. stopping you. Nobody's but stopping some me. people, that's the better option for them to do. Be like, Yo, all I got to pay is $20 a month and I can get these games. And, you know, I just download them. That's it. Boom. Then, hey, 
more you power also, to him. More power so, to him. Facts. No, nah, that's a, that's that's facts, honestly. And I mean, you know, the console, hopefully the console generation, I mean, and, you know, the console players, they kind of like screw it, like get over that. Because, I mean, on the PC side of things, we're cool. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know about that 3080 launch. That motherfucker was Yeah, crazy. I was just about to say that, sir. Between yeah, the 3080 and the PS5, <laughs> I was talking to Ruthie about it. You know, you, we, me, you and me know because... We're also sneakerheads, so mm. you know we know what the issue is. It's bots. It's we these know the bots. Bot the botting culture, the scalping culture, bro. We see this coming. Like we know when all these purchases, like we know we see this as sneakerheads. Like yo, people are out here, you know, buying these things with these bots that are just jumping the line. You know, all these macros, these scripts that they're writing, mm. and it just freezes people out. But it's just crazy how you see time and time again, companies make that type of release where you know you have to know it's going to be a bot kind of release mm-hmm. so i'm just sitting there like yo nvidia how could you possibly just be like oh okay well that's it like i literally sat there and i'm refreshing my shit went from notify me to out of stock out and i was like I, I didn't see a sale button bro it was <laughs> minus one frame startup like it was, it was heartbreaking I, I wanted to shed a tear oh, bro i was so I was like, sad I was so, so upset. And I mean, it's so sad. Just like you said, I mean, we've seen it come in. Like, you know, if you've been on the Supreme Wave, you've been on like the, the Bape Wave and, you know, right. shit. I mean, you even look at the the, the modern things. Like, I mean, like bags, how far you had the fucking, I mean, for a while, Fenty makeup is still like one of those things that you can barely get your hands on. For a long time, it was that Kylie Jenner bullshit. The makeup was going crazy. So it's just like... Whatever has hype. I hate that shit. Whatever has hype now, man. It doesn't matter. Those people, that them resellers that be scalping, they're going to take that shit, drive up the fucking price and try to sell it. And it's just so terrible every time and it's but it's also like i have to put it on the companies because like for example the 3080 release you know what they could have easily what you could do is only one per customer can be added to cart boom that's that's first of all two and then you could have had you know several checkpoints a capture something to to verify human activity but instead Mm. you just let this shit go you let people get freezed out Mm. you know knowing it's going to be hotly anticipated or you do something like you know, the PlayStation release was just as bad, too. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if it either helped or hurt Sony to have it just drop on a random day and just all of a sudden they were up. But, at the you know, because it gives people more of a chance. But also, conversely, you know, again, you had that one dude who bought, what was it, like 104 PlayStation 5s for like $47,000. Yeah, I thought he was up. I'm not even going to lie. And Sony macked his shit. They put that Sony shit over. I respect, I respect it, Sony. I shout out Sony for doing that. And that's that. what's crazy because that's all that these companies need to do. Just literally make more or just have more in stock. And I just don't speed understand. Speed up production, yeah. Right, speed up production. And I totally understand, you know, the production means. But I just don't understand from the point of, like, knowing, like, for these releases, you should have at least more production up front knowing like all right that initial wave you should try to satisfy as much as possible not mm-hmm. only that like people are gonna buy the shit so it's not like you making it exclusive or having this limited quantity is gonna make this all the more rare like no people are itching to buy these things people are dying to buy ps5 people like, been waiting for how long how long has the ps4 been out like we're talking like it's been a decade since you've been having these consoles essentially almost yeah, a decade like 20, at least yeah like 2013 i want to say yeah PS4, you know seven years so. feels like forever in tech so i know 
You know, so like seven I, years, I people yeah. been waiting, right? Like you said, and it, it, all that they need to do is at least make a little more stock available, and they decided to do that. Boom, my man just got invalidated. He's gonna have to sell at a loss, but that's the lesson they need to learn. You can't be going around doing this scalping shit. He thought he was about to have a come up, uh-huh. and now it sucks to suck because you know yeah. that, that's not how it should have went. So I hope more companies learn this going forward. When you do shit like this, you need to at least provide people a chance. But they don't really give a shit because they're they're getting their money. Yeah. They don't give a shit about the Chads and the I, Brads buying facts. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, it's so weird. Like, because I feel like Telfair Far did a good job with that shit with the bag, um, like reservation program. They did the thing where they, they were selling out every week. They were buying. People were selling yeah. at the price. Bro, they said, yo, one day, 24 hours, we're going to allow unlimited orders. Anybody can order. It's just up to one. Um, one You could only order up, I think, one bag at a time or it was like one of each bag or some type of thing mm-hmm. at one time. And that's it. Like you just order it, you paid the money, and then they have like a three month delivery window. So I like I had ordered one for wifey just because like shit is right yeah. there. You don't even gotta fight. So hey, yo, you want which kind of bags you want? We just get to orders right now. Like boom, knocked it out. I know at least that I got the confirmation. I got it all. In the next three months, I'm getting that bag. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting that bag, and it's for sure. You know, obviously with this company, I would hope obviously they're gonna the hold it true. I I never heard of them at least until they hype. But I'm supporting them because they're supporting Black Lives Matter movement. So shout out them. Um, yeah. You know, I would hope that an NVIDIA or a Sony, just like you said, y- y'all do a simple 24-hour period. It don't matter if the scalpers get it done. If everybody's able to secure their card then in a pre-order, then it does not matter if the scalpers have like 10,000. And, and especially if you're going to still have um, general stock afterwards, you're going to still sell the card. So the scalpers won't be able to win if you are flooding the market with your product. And I mean, hey, maybe they'll feel like they're taking a loss somehow or maybe the reputation of it. And I don't know, like, I don't know why they don't do that. Like, to me, I, I think that's such a simple solution. It's, it's such right? a simple like, solution. What, like, what do you think? You're going to dilute the brand? No. Every, the reason why people are lining up is because your brand is that good. Yeah. People you're going to you're gonna make Nvidia. more money from just the pre-orders alone than you would make ever selling the car. I feel like you would probably sell more on that day than you will ever sell ever with the card if you just allowed it. And that just is. one more point that I'm sure you, you like you said, you had they had the email reservation thing and even just how some sneakers, they have the raffle thing an hour before here mm-hmm. input your name. You might get selected. You might not. Who knows? It's just random. Oh, shit. You can buy it once you have access to it. There's no you don't got to worry about it getting sold out. It's boom. You got your raffle. You go in, you get your shit. Boom. That that's is how a it could be too. That's the smartest way, actually. Sign up for the raffle. Yep. They could have had a raffle. They could have had selecting you know, like two million people that are going to be able to pre-order order the card and you just you might get lucky you might get lucky that actually is the smartest idea i think i feel like i've heard left and i mean you know i think this the idea is you know obviously people are still gonna be able to buy it oh buy accounts that can sign up and different addresses and vpns like it's really a fucked up world the information age has just created like a situation where it's very easy to scam like when people got to show up and face and that's why i still support the brick and mortar location I, a good, I support, yeah. yeah, like you need the physical location as a guy that's formerly worked at Best Buy. Like I, I truly understand the importance of having these walk in locations. I'm still to this day, bro. If I need a computer part, I prefer to go over to Best Buy. I prefer to go over to Micro Center. I want to see the part, feel it, check the inspect it. I want to be able to check it as soon as I get in my car, make sure it looks good before I even get home and fucking stress myself out with a broken part. You know, things get stolen every single day in shipment. Like I have yeah. friends that work in UPS and in FedEx and sell it. Say, hey, you know, these, there's people that are taking this stuff. This is what ha- happens. And I mean, shit, I've worked in retail. I've seen people stole, steal. So it's just, 
you know, Dealing like it just gets damaged and you know, shit yeah. happens. It's not their fault. You know, some shit could swerve, boom, it falls off. Yeah. Like, that's just the nature of the game. So exactly, like you said, you can't just dismiss that physical portion. Like, and mm. now it's hilarious because I feel like for certain things, people have begun to just not even think about the store to the point that um. I've had people tell me like, yo, this shit sold out online. And then they're like, but I went to the store and it was there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, no, that's a fact. It's like straight ignoring stores. And it's like, oh, I sold out online. Fuck, that's it. And even to, you know, I see shit online get sold out like a sneaker. And then I go to the store. I'm like, but this, the shit is here. I'm buying it. And I'm like, that's just crazy. You know, people didn't even think maybe I should check the store if it gets released in stores. But, you know, that's just but crazy. Anyways, <laughs> um, some more topics uh, to get a little bit more serious. Um, I'll I'll do both of them back to back, you know, just to wrap it up before we get into the meat of the episode, the big topic. Um, so I'm not sure how far long ago this was, but it was revealed in, I believe, a what was it, a memo, a document from the government that somebody had found that said that the United States Postal Service had a plan and their plan was for the pandemic were, was to send five masks to every household in America. But the government said no. And, and, and scratched that plan. So we're talking about <laughs> just, just, yeah, I'm just let this just settle in that the Postal Service was like, hey, let's get everybody well equipped. Here's five masks. Just off rip, you know, everybody got a mask you think just something to start with. Government's like, absolutely not. I, <laughs> so like, I just, I don't even know how people can just continue to validate anything that is Trump, anything that's behind Trump. You know, like, I, I just, I don't even know. Like, you know, when it comes to just the politics that is the country, the government, the, the fucking fiasco, that's life. I feel like it's just. This circus show is just incredibly scary, bro. It's scary and just mind-numbing because, like, you know, you really don't know what to do. It's like, yo, you can't believe you're a part of this existence where the government is like, they didn't believe the, the virus. Or, no, they knew how dangerous it was and then still said no because that's what Trump did. And we're talking about, you know, these motherfuckers patting themselves on the back and we're, we're staring down the barrel of 200,000 people dead. So, you mean, I mean, that's just not to laugh about it, but the sheer absurdity that like we're at this point and these people just don't give a shit. They will not give a shit. And, no, uh, yeah. you know, um, I'll segue into the, the right next topic. Um, rest in peace to the wonderful Miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme rest Court Justice, uh, has lived a long, powerful life and, you know, did what she could. And it's, again, unfortunate that her death comes with another step closer to fascism in which these people who don't give a shit about the public, don't give a shit about any sort of rules are, they ain't mourning her. They're going straight to saying, who can we fill? Who can we put in her fucking seat? Mm -hmm. They're, you know, I'm sure they don't give a shit about her funeral. All them condolences they were handing out was memos. They didn't give a shit about it. All they care about is getting ready to put another fucking right wing judge on that Supreme court justice board. This so it's just crazy and this country you know, like is a fucking game yeah. this country has it's just become a game mm -hmm. it's become a game and you know we're, we're we're crunching down into like you know one of the most crucial times in recent american history of where you know we're at that that turning point where you know everybody not you know i i know the people's doing what they got to do for the most part the people that are gonna do what they're gonna do they're gonna do what they're gonna do you know i can't speak for you know um certain types of groups of people because 
I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know what some of these these white folks is doing. You know, because listen, last election they were talking about you know ah nobody's voting for Trump. Uh, we ain't doing this, but you know, fifty three percent of white women voted Trump, so somebody was lying. So you know, like I'm just gonna hope that motherfuckers just show up in the polls. I don't want to hear people tell me who they're voting for. Just vote for it. You know, like I just want to see the numbers. I don't care about oh uh, you know make sure you're doing this. No, make sure you get your ass and go vote. If you are going to vote and then, um, yeah, conversely, you know, it just has to be people in positions of power already, you know, Democrats and, you know, Congress and the Senate, they need to step up and they got to do what they got to do to block whatever nomination is coming. Just like Republicans did to Obama. You know, you can't be doing this shit that Democrats like to do where they're just sitting on their ass and try to say, oh, we're going to take the high road. Fuck this high road. They ain't no high high road. road. They, if it, there's a high road, they chopping down the pillars holding up the high road. They're trying to c- collapse that bridge. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you, we don't have time for this, these niceties when they're literally the, your um constituents that are, that voted you in. Th- these are the people that are at risk to the regimes that are going to be put in place by uh, what could be your inaction by mm. these, the, you know, these Democrats and on their fucking asses. If they're not doing something, then the very people that voted for them could be at risk. And that's the entire or it's supposed to be the entire point of this government. You are the people serving their constituents. So uh, mm. just a pivotal time. Rest in peace with Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Um, nah, that shit is and, that shit is absolutely yeah. crazy, bro. Just overall, like when you just really sit back and think about it, like I, I always just say, yeah, like at this point, it is just about like you said, it's like vote to get this motherfucker out. Like, period. This is not even a conversation. And it, it does suck. Like, I feel like overall, afterwards, yes, we do need to, like, find what's next. Because I feel like the shit is just a corrupted system overall. You know, it's this just like, right. It's to me, I look at it as like, all right, it's not even like a, I'm going to. Yeah. The people think like when I, if I for me personally, if I'm talking about, oh, go and vote. I don't think if we vote the motherfucker out, I could breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not, That's not no. what it means. Exactly. Yeah. Just, OK, we don't have the fascism, but this shit is still bad. It yeah. still needs to get fixed. Right. It's just let's let's focus on that first and then we'll figure this shit out. Right. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into the meat of the episode, the final topic. Um, earlier again, the the mysterious uh, level fifty seven uh, dark priest. This <laughs> guy, Voldemort Voldemort himself. Uh, he was speaking on you know music contracts, how his contracts are tied up, and I just want to speak in ter- in general how his conversation has really sparked a lot of people or just not necessarily sparked, but more so reignited the conversation of how predatory music contracts are um, to any artist, young artist, but more specifically artists of color, black artists, young black artists. You know, we see this time and time again, people that we, you know, we know to be legends or people of great stature. You come to find out they're not seeing as much money as they should be from their ventures because unfortunately these contracts have just tied these people up and it's just time and time again that we're you know we're talking about you know going back to what you the 70s 80s 90s it doesn't matter you know as as long as music's been a business we've just seen people get shafted and shafted again because these companies are only concerned with the bottom line how much you can produce for them and that's it and so it's just you know my the biggest example i wanted to bring up was hit boy hit boy spoke about you know in his instance, the duality of um, 
how he felt, you know, Kanye's speaking where, you know, he he feels he's getting shafted, but his boy's like, well, you shafted me. You know, I, he was saying he worked with Beyonce and then Kanye never really paid him for all of this stuff. And he gave him niggas in Paris. He gave him this, that, and the third, and he didn't see the lick of it. Um, you know, Mace P. Diddy, you know, guys who own other people's masters. You know, I don't know if it's true, but the rumor that Jay-Z sold Kanye's masters to get his own masters back or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, like I don't know. selling each other, say. All right. So it, it's just, you know, like, and I, I just mean predatory in general, you know, because it seems to be that, you know, from what this information that even people who did get fucked over are now fucking people over when they get to the position that they can do that. Mm-hmm. And it should just... All that shit just has to go. And, you know, Hitboy was saying he's still on the, he's 33 and he's still on the same contract that he got signed to when he was 18. We're That's talking crazy. about like a 15 year contract. And he said, I, he said his shit is like a legitimately like a 30 something year contract. And I'm what? like, that's fucking crazy. Dude got and owned. Like he's, he's somebody he owns him. Owned. He's owned he right owned now. Him. And this is how bad they get. And you mentioned it earlier in the pre, when we were talking earlier about how, you know, these people come in with lawyers, but people expect these lawyers to be able to do something. But, you know, unless you got people on your team that are from the jump with you that have your best interests at heart, these people are, uh, you know, serving themselves first and foremost. You know, you see, you very rarely see people from the jump, you know, come up in a way that allows them to have access to the stuff that they have access to. Because again, you know, they're, these contracts from the jump are predatory and they, you know, they, they use these, these, enticing things you know they'll say sign right now we'll give you 500 cash up front not realizing that you know going forward you could be getting paid tens of million dollars for what you're doing but you only seeing 100k, 100K every month right now yeah exactly like and it's crazy like i was looking at some of those breakdowns and you know i hate to i hate to make it but kind but the motherfucker at least he put his contracts on this so i was reading some shit the dude was getting like, I think he only got three million for life of Pablo, eight million for fucking like, I think, uh, I don't know if it said Watch the Throne or one of his albums, Yeezus. Like, it's crazy. So you think like they put that money in front of you, you know, it's so hard to say no to that shit. But then you see the album go ahead and sell and make like 50 or 100 million dollars for the label. And you deadass only got that advance or and maybe like an extra five to 10 mil. Yeah. Like maybe. And that's generous. Like you might only get yeah. another like three, four to five percent from the actual like total generated wealth and like income from your album success. So it's just like, you know, how do they continue to get these things off? Why do they continue to get these things off? You know, we need to get people in, in everybody's corner. That's just looking out for them. You know what I'm saying? Like no more of these random managers and these guys that could take your career X, Y, and Z. I feel like that. I feel like that should be dead. Cause like, I feel like the state, of our like generation, like what we've been able to do is that a lot of us has really just created the idea of the independent. Like even if you have yeah. like a manager or like somebody in your crew, the homie that's like holding it down and helping you make business moves, like you know what I'm saying? Like usually that stuff is safer, it's more organic. And I mean it's more reminiscent to maybe like some of like I would say golden age nineties, because a lot of those old school groups, like a hood dudes that just came up together and, you know, was disjogging off each other. I mean, obviously yeah. it ended up bad in the sense that you know, they all got bought out by the major record labels. And then right. obviously, shit, like you said, Jay-Z rumored might be had sold yay shit for his. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's unfortunate. And it even puts me back. Like, I mean, I don't want to forget this, but I remember when Khalees was complaining about like the Neptunes and then the Pharrell shit. Yeah. With the beats, like same thing. Like that shit really be happening across like 
Same thing with genders, like yeah, female, male, like it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter, and it sucks that you know you people like I was saying, but in let's say in the instance, I'm sure the Neptunes got shafted on their way up. Mm -hmm. Why is it you know standard practice that? Okay, you get to a stature and then you start exploiting people. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be the first person to be like, hey, somebody did that to me. You know what? I'm going to make sure you get your dues. You know, Trash. why does it turn into, okay, I'm here at this level? Because, you know, if you look at Diddy, right? Diddy's infamous for spitting out and way laying waste to artists that get signed to him. Mm-hmm. And then don't see a lick of the shit that they're doing. And it's, you know, we look at Diddy as this mogul and we look at some people as these moguls. But when you hear that shit, you're like, well, how much of a mogul are you if you you stealing from motherfuckers? Like, you're not giving them the money that they deserve for that. Man, you're to a, say he's you're a hustler. Like, yeah, right. So it's like, okay, you got business savvy, but it's like, all right, sounds like your savvy is just really, you know, manipulating Shady. your way. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just, you know, finding a way so that you come out on top, no matter whose expense. And it should be like you said, you know, and I, I find it, that's why, you know, I, I personally just don't give a shit about celebrities anymore. Fuck all of them. Yeah, fuck but, I just look, but I just look at that like that's hilarious, you know, because Diddy would be the first person to be like, yo, spread black love, spread black wealth. You spread black wealth, mm-hmm. motherfucker. That shit is crazy. Like, yeah. and you really you're spitting facts. Like, you really honestly, I think, summed it up perfectly in that statement. Is that and you know, like I hate to like bring him overly up, but Joe Budden, like, and I, it was De La Soul. That's who he was talking about. They were having label and contract issues, same thing with their masters. And it was just kind of like, you know, like in that conversation and when they brought up P. Diddy and Mace and, you know, because of the fact that he's on Revolt and they got that affiliation, Joe don't talk bad about him. And it was very, very telling in that conversation that all of these motherfuckers are fucked. That's what really it is. Like the world is a shitty place for real. Like even in the business game they're like like this is just what they see that's how they see it you know what i'm saying p diddy even if he feels like he invested x y and z into mace's start and from that mace was able to take that and generate x y and z way more money or that whatever than whatever was invested you know like they he like i remember he so nonchalantly said on the episode it was some shit like he was like so that's business and it's just like yo that literally is business yeah like that's it's literally like, why, right. it's shit. It's, it's, crazy it's a terrible. That, like you're just like, well, I gotta fuck somebody over, and I'm like, but why? Does it why? Like, why does it have to be this way? Because it's like when you look at, you know, in my case, like I'm not too tied to the underground beat scene, but I'm I'm enough into it, and I know a, an extensive amount of people in that, and it's just for the most part. In that regard, when people fuck with you, they go out of the way and be like, yo, bro, that was that was fire. Boom, boom, boom. We should collab. And it's and it's, you know, if they're genuine, it's usually nothing but just genuine. I'm just here for the music and the culture. And mm-hmm. it's just like, why does when the money come in, the business come in, it just gets so diluted. And I just find that so crazy from an artist standpoint, working with other artists when it should just be both about, hey, listen, we're both in this struggle shit. Let's find a way to make this profit. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that's that's why I love to see like, you know, artists working and it looks genuine. But you know, hearing who I would believe to be genuine, and then you know, some people get are they're doing they're not as genuine, or they're doing the shafting. Like, you know, not to keep bringing up yay, but outside of Hit Boy, I'm just remembering now too, yo. People talk about I remember um Hudson Mohawk, the dude mm. who produced a, a lot of shit on Watch the Throne and most notably like new slaves and stuff like that. Mm. He's talking about he never saw a lick of his money from any of that shit. Yeah, so no, nah, I was seeing a couple about, of people like, actually came out the woodwork about yay over the weekend. Yeah. Like, he he started that conversation but he definitely didn't make himself look good. And I believe it. Ye is that type of guy. 
He's a and Donald the, Trump. Another one. Um, oh, what was another? I think it was a beat off of. Damn, I can't remember. There's a, one of the Kendrick albums, but if mm-hmm. somebody was saying that they gave the beat to Kendrick and um, Punch, the, the, this dude's the, the manager. Yeah, it's Punch just, CD, yeah. Yeah, um, he was just, you know, he gave it to him and he was playing games with the producer and they just never, he, that the producer never sold that money. And you're just like, yo, you're just all doing this. Yeah. And it's just so crazy that you're going on the album talking about or you're, you're saying you're doing, you have a shitty deals, but you're doing it to other people. Like, you know, the point of that, like, especially if, you know, you're looking at your own things and I just don't understand, like, w- what's the purpose of fucking other people over just because you got fucked over it? You shouldn't you be a, like, I know me, like, I know if I, all right, I got fucked over. How can I try to stop this shit from happening? And I know there's some genuine artists out there that are saying, hey, listen, this is how this shit works. This is how you can finesse your way to make sure you don't get fucked over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also, you would think that's like human nature. Yeah. That shit is crazy. Like, it's like me. I, I go to the dealership lot. I go buy a car. I get a bad fucking loan with bad interest. And I, I drive for four years before my friend gets a car. But I now I know what it's like to go to the car and get fucked over. What am I going to do when my friend asks me for advice about going to get a car? I'm not going to go tell him, yo, you know what? Go get that $60,000 Mercedes Benz off the lot. No, because guess what? I know what depreciation is. I know that you shouldn't buy the car fresh off the lot and that you should get your car at 30,000 miles or 20,000 miles. Like, you know, when it's still in brand new condition, but you're able to shave up 40% smart buying, Mm -hmm. better interest deals, better places to buy or looking for certain things. Like that is human nature. You know what I'm saying? You would think that's human nature, but like, it's weird. Like some people literally will lead their friends into like traps or some shit like that. Or they like, they'll at least disguise themselves as like a sheep. But there'll be a wolf in sheep's, you know, sheep's clothing. Yeah. It's just like it's really, really sad that that is going on. And I really feel like, you know, if we could like figure out a way, well, at least maybe our generation, hopefully, would be the change. But I know that shit oh, happens yeah, yeah. among us too. You know, shit. I mean, this I know this is unrelated because it's not necessarily the same thing. But I remember, I think there was this dude. I think I don't even remember. It's just random as fuck. I remember a boogie like was fucking with this dude with the jewelry. And I, I, it was like a young dude oh, yeah. who was selling jewelry, and he ended up lacing him with mad jewelry and mad sneakers and things like that. It was one of those dudes, like the yeah. the streetwear that gurus too. on Instagram, and he ain't pay him. Like, but bro, you yeah, get in this bag. I got mistake. I got this bag on me. Like that's your song, bro. But you you don't not paying the dude for his twenty thousand. It's fifteen thousand. Oh, you then you not like, paying. How about just believe anything you're saying? Yeah, he's not even paying these people. And I, and for me, I look at it as like. It comes down to at the very basic, like just sides of respect for crafts. And I just, you know, any creative just disrespecting other creatives in when it comes to that process of, hey, I need your services. And you just constantly see people who would you would assume that because they're also in a creative field would be the most understanding turn out to be the least understanding. And for instances, I'm talking about rappers. They go and get beats. Yo, I need a beat. All right. My rate is 300. Oh, I can't do that. Okay, then we not talking. But they'll be like, nah, but you know, I'm going to do, but I need this. And you're trying to plead the case. But it's like, if you're trying to get paid, you should know that I'm trying to get paid. And you should be able to respect and listen, if you can't pay this shit, that's okay. But you shouldn't be trying to fuck other people around and be like, this is as much as I can go. Okay, well, that's it. You know, that's where the transaction ends. But you constantly see this shit, you know, in your case, you know. Mm-hmm. 
photographers, videographers, people are trying to constantly underpay and be like, oh, I, I, I want to do a whole day shoot. OK, well, how much is it going to be? Ah, probably like, you know, 500. They're like, oh, I thought it cost $50. Well, you fucking, I, like, you fucking throw it wrong, bro. You, you definitely throw it wrong <laughs> and don't leave my number and never hit me again, please. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like I think it's just a respect for each other, but also, you know, it's definitely society in general has just just you know just just completely disrespected the arts in general. You know, Mm -hmm. get some funding in schools, and you know they always teach you, oh, the businessman, the businessman, that's the guy making the real money, X, Y, and Z. But it's just disrespect for the arts where people don't realize that shit is labor. I I was trying to explain it to to my young bull, Nick. Where, you know, he does his car shoots and somebody's, you know, trying to give him this money. I'm like, nah, bro, you better go back and tell him you you charging this much now. Yeah. You know, like you're you he takes good pictures and I'm like, he's at a young age, so I don't want him to get into that habit where people's not paying him that money because I see it. But I would it's, love it's- to comment on that. Yo, and a lot of people don't understand. And I, I I know people be looking for opportunities. I know people love taking photos and I love like Bro, do not do free or underpaid oh, work. Free do not do, do that it. shit. You, you literally know take the value. You literally take the value of the whole community. It's not just you. When they know they can go to you and get those shots for free and or cheap, whether or not you enjoy doing it for content that maybe likes and engagement that you may have, maybe you feel like that's currency or transactional in some way, shape, or form. No, you should be getting paid to take somebody's photos. Period. Point blank. It don't matter what it is. It's work. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. Mm. It's fucking work. If you have to, you're putting in the labor to take the shots and then edit them. If you're putting hours out of your day, not for you, but for somebody else, they need to pay you for those hours that you're dedicating your life to the shit that they want. Exactly. And that goes for no matter what. If it's a painting, Mm-hmm. You know, some form of digital art. Digital the art. I mean, beat making, music. I mean, it don't matter what it, it is. It don't matter shit. Pay me. Pay you. Pay everybody for this shit. Why is it so hard for you to, for people to come out of their pockets and just respect that it craft has to go into it? You know, so mm-hmm. if somebody has a painting, oh, I like that painting. How much is a hundred? If you and you know, if you break down the math, if somebody's like, yo, it's three hundred dollars, they're gonna be like, that's a crazy amount. But if you break it down, they're probably like, well, it takes me 30 hours to do it. Guess what? That's $10 an hour. an hour. And that's really not that much. That's nothing. Ten, that's cheap. That's cheap as fuck. That's I'm under minimum wage to do some fucking crazy shit that you obviously have to go to a specialist for. That shit is just, I don't know, man. People are so fucking foul. So it is crazy. crazy. It's demoralizing. I swear to God. It's I swear to that, that gives me like an anxiety and depression. When people reach out to me, Knowing just the bullshit that they're on, on 90% of occasion, I'm just like, nah, there's no way. Yo, imagine this. I always say this, though. If you if you reach out to me to take photos or hit you up for photos, if you're not going to pay me, imagine how much motivation I'm going to have to shoot and knock out your photos out the park when I know that I have to dedicate dude, my time, my thoughts. It's for exposure, though, dude. It's for exposure, man. What? Like, what? Oh, man. Like, we just going to body the gram. What? You think that makes me want to get up and take photos of you? You think that and like that motivates me to like think outside the box and go crazy on your shoot? Oh, let me edit it for hours and fall in love with your photo. Like, no, 
No, that does not happen. Service. I'm giving you a fucking service. Pay me for the fucking service because I guarantee you if somebody did that shit to you, you'd be like, where's my money? Why are you trying to do it to other fucking people? doesn't matter if you're if you're a rapper and you're trying to make a project. You need to pay the producers involved. You need to pay the mixing engineers involved. You need to pay whoever does your album, but pay all of those people the fair mm-hmm. wages that they deserve. If they negotiate whatever money, you need to pay them for the shit. Unless you're trying to learn and do that shit all on your own, which is, that's fine. Go ahead. Go be that person. That's totally cool because that's what I do. I do all that shit by myself. But for anything I need, and I'm going to pay somebody for it. That's That's how I move, exactly. And if you can't afford it, then you have to find somebody in your budget or learn to do it on your own. Like, it's that's why this shit exists. You know, people think that you could just up and do this. No, that's why these things exist, because other people have put in that time and effort. And you have to pay those people for that time and effort, unless you want to put in the time and effort. Facts. And I mean, shit. I be telling people, man, yo, stop the bull job. Stop that shit. Stop the bull job. (laughs) Stop it. Get some help. Get some oh help. <laughs> MJ, Get some help. Unbelievable. But yeah. I um but yeah, shit. Is that is that it for us? I think I think you that's it, man. Up? I think we tied it up pretty nice. I mean, I, I really like what we ended, you know, the note on on that serious note, you know, just with the contracts and musicians, creatives in general, you know, it's not just about the the billion dollar, you know, monolith. You know, I, I don't feel like he should you know, it, it sucks because I feel like him like in his position, he's able to do that, unfortunately, because yeah. he has that much fucking power. You know, money is unfortunately power in a capitalist society. So, you know, we need to get it back to where we we as the people get that power back and creatives, you know, yo, fight for your worth. Yo, Nick, San Santo is down, man. Don't take no pictures of nobody's yeah. GTR, bro. Trust me. There's a reason why most of these motherfuckers don't be having crazy photos. It don't matter because they have nice cars. They don't just have people taking photos of their car. They got to pay people for that. And and I'm trust mm-hmm. trust me like if they like your skill they'll pay you too. That's how, that's yep. how you really got to rock. What it comes down to because I, I had a um a producer I met and he had the years in the industry and he's just like listen the people that are coming to you that if they come to you and it's somebody that you know you see they got the followers they got that and they tell you they got no money no those are the motherfuckers that got money and that's the ones that you should tell them nah this is my full fucking rate if you want to give discounts or whatever the case you should do it if you're gonna do that it should be for maybe somebody that you know, is on your level. They only got like a hundred followers. You help out the, the, the little man, but for the people that got the money, that's not the ones that you should be giving discounts to. Absolutely. You know, like, you know, I hear producers be like, oh, well, you know, Dre, you know, all these people hitting me up. Oh, you know, I'm only going to give it to him for 250 instead or whatever. No, if, if, some, if a drink hit me up, guess what? <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm saying that's 10K for a beat. That's, a I'm 10K. Sorry, that's it. You got the 10K and it would be nothing to you. You're you got the 10? You got the 10? <laughs> oh, man. Nah, that's a fact. So, but yeah, Drink hit me up for a photo tomorrow. Nah, yo, Drizzy, fifty. Yo, I need that fifty. <laughs> What's up, bro? We gonna we gonna break the gram. That fifty budget. You know what I'm gonna do? You know exactly. what I'm gonna do, man. I'm, I'm gonna hook you up. Yeah, bro. Know your worth. That's what it just comes down to. And you know, I know you know people compare themselves and you see other work, but you you gotta at the very least just know, like, listen, I deserve at the very least this much money, or at least if you can't even think about it like that, just think about it how I explained it earlier. Just think about it like as a per hour basis and charge by that. If you want to give yourself a rate of a certain amount of work per hour, that's totally fine. And charge by that. Say, hey, listen, based on what you're giving me. It's probably going to take me this long to do this entirely. My rate is 10 an hour. 
calculated, I'm going to put 30 hours of work. That's $300. So my rate is $300 and you let them figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, also I agree. too, just a, a tiny little piece of advice. Like I, I, I stopped trying to, you know, have my beast be sold because motherfuckers just be constantly. And I, I don't take kindly to that kind of disrespect. You're either going to pay me or I'm just going to straight ignore you. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm not doing none of that shit. I'm not trying to make you feel good for hitting me up. I'm not trying to have, I don't care about that burning bridge of shit. I'll I, don't hit me up. Nah, again. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the I same way, care. bro. I don't give a single fuck. So the, my beast advice is when they come and ask you, you ask off rip. Well, what's your, budget before exactly. you even start pulling prices just tell them what's your budget and i'll tell you right then and there i'm sorry my the shit i'm charging is past your budget so if you're trying to come out of pocket for it, cool if not then this is as far as this conversation goes facts so know your worth and just you know let people come to you who know your worth and we'll pay you for that so from all of us here at the Tusta City Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for tuning in to another riveting episode of us talking our shit. This has been episode 28, a.k.a. Uh, the who did I put this week? Uh, shit, who's 28? Uh, why I can't even see the name of the podcast or what I named the session. Anyways, I'll, I'll figure <laughs> it out at some point. Uh, but yes, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.